0: Hello and welcome. It's the Fan Checkdown, the Monday edition on the Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your podcast. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. So, Donovan, I said I wasn't going to show up here if my team lost today. Like this was before the game got changed. I had no qualms that you were going to show up because you're a better man than I after that debacle that your team put out on the field yesterday.
1: I don't know if that's true. I'm just a man that's not surprised.
0: Like, who who was surprised? Was anybody? Well, I think not that they, I don't think that there was a surprise that they lost. I said, I thought the Packers were going to win that game. I just didn't see that coming. Like that game, the poor performance by the Cowboys offense in the first half, the way that their defense just, there was basically zero pushback, especially in the first half from the Dallas defense, which had been, you know, I'm going to say this quote unquote elite all season. But if we really break this down and look at it, maybe we shouldn't be surprised at how Dallas's defense played because against good offenses, and you can attest to this, they haven't been elite. When you look at the numbers, they beat up on a bad opposing offenses all year.
1: I think two people lost a job, uh, which is why I'm not surprised or sad because it may be a net positive. Sometimes in life, you have to go backwards to move forwards. Like, Fair. it's like life is Barry Sanders running style. And how cool was it to see him and Calvin Johnson and Eminem and, and Big Sean? Just <laughs> Detroit produces great rappers and great individual players on bad teams until now. If this rids us of the Mike McCarthy era, then like this wasn't that positive because Mike McCarthy was actually saved from having a late game blunder where he loses the game. (laughs) It never got that close, but I think Dan Quinn
0: lost himself a job. I was going to ask you that question. Like did the front running defense, uh, it certainly didn't save Dan Quinn's job yesterday. Uh, No. And here's the other thing. Did it take him out of the running for any head coaching jobs? He might've, had a chance at.
1: Oh, that's what I was referring to. Cause yeah. I think he was in pencil, the front runner for the Seahawks job. Yeah. Understands that market has been there before had success was the D coordinator of the Legion of boom. Obviously has left, has some head coaching experience, but sometimes your second time is the best time. Ask bill Belichick. It's worked in different situations. Different organizations can bring a new perspective, but understands the general manager and understands the franchise. How how do you roll out Dan Quinn to your assembled media and fan base at a press conference? Say, you know what? This is the guy we were confident in. He he blew he blew a massive lead in the Super Bowl and he just blew the game from the beginning in a high leverage spot,
0: but he's our coach. I don't think I don't think you can. No. No chance. No, there's there's no way. It's just like, you know, Kellen Moore, when he said that he didn't want to take over, if this is true, that he didn't want to take over the uh, interim head coaching job for the Chargers because, you know, he wanted to be part of the hiring cycle. No, 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 no. The job you did all year took you out of the hiring cycle. And in this case for Dan Quinn, um... One game probably took him out of the hiring cycle.
1: Well, I think Kellen Moore didn't want to be the interim head coach of the Chargers because he knew he had no shot to be the full-time coach of the Chargers because he listens to the fan checkdown, and you predicted who the full-time head coach of the Chargers
0: was going to be for He's some interviewing time. interviewing today, by the way.
1: His, his first interview in this cycle, that would be uh, Coach Harbaugh from Michigan. Here's the other thing. Mike McCarthy is a liar. <laughs> is he a fraud donovan <laughs> i mean i suppose I mean, jerry jones probably thinks he's a fraud because he believed his lies i never did remember so pick your press conference that you want to cross i think i know where you're going this with broadcast. this broadcast <laughs> when he's hired you know what my time off spent i watched every snap of the dallas cowboys and i've been studying analytics I'm up on the new school things, progressive football. No, you're not. <laughs> and actually, he, he told us that was a lie after because he's, he's, he's then confirmed that, yeah, you know, I just kind of said that. Like, you say what you need to say to get the job, and then you do what you're going to do. But he's a liar because this offseason when he wanted to give a reason as to why he was getting rid of Kellen Moore when this offense theoretically wasn't the problem, he said we need to run the ball more. The strength of this team is our defense. We need to play complementary football. And we're not just going to be throwing it all around the yard. It's not about who scores the most points. It's about who wins the most games. We got to make sure Dak is playing sound football. Basically said Dak's going to be a game manager. Dak was second team all pro. Yesterday he threw the ball 60 times. That's a lot. Was there anything complementary about what we saw yesterday? No. This team... They are front runners. And if you want to turn front runner into fraud, go ahead. If they have a lead and the defense can pin their ears back and rush the passer, the defense is very good. This team is very good. Mm-hmm. But if they have to come from behind or, I don't know, stop the run mm-hmm. on defense to get to third down, you can have all these exotic third down pressures and blitzes. If you never get to third down, you don't get to use those. Well, then what are you? And this. Offense can't go shot for shot when teams know you're going to pass. They can't establish the run or refuse not to, to give yourself manageable situations in second and third down. And when they're predictable, Dak throws interceptions. But also, like Mike McCarthy, I know you're the head coach, but you're still in control of things. You're just watching this. How about you commit more men to the box? Like, you've got people... In a deep third, what, to stop the big plays? Well, they're throwing it on you anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, it was the, the refusal to change while you're just watching a team run up and down the field on you. Let me know that there's nothing complimentary football about this approach. They ran of ideas. Matt, there were multiple plays, and it, I feel like I'm in a, some sort of confessional. <laughs> <And I'll be laughs> this done is how I this.
0: feel after every playoff season, yes,
1: Matt, although you do too you're a two seed you're at home you haven't lost a game at home all year 16 straight you're playing a seven seed one with which in the middle of this year we question if the quarterback should be the quarterback and if the coach should be the coach mm-hmm. there were multiple plays where from the sky cam when you looked at it the intended receiver had no opposition in the camera frame from the aerial shot, yeah. how is that possible? That on basic tight end leak, you have someone with forty yards literal mm-hmm. of separation. Like, how, how does how does that happen? Yeah, and it, it's a it rhetorical shouldn't. question. I, I I don't expect you to have an answer because there is no answer.
0: It's no, it's still it's silly. And I thought I said I didn't care. <laughs> I wasn't surprised. Listen, listen. I will say this: when I came in, I asked, "How are you feeling?" You're like, "I'm okay." Like, I, I'm not. You know, I kind of expected it, but you're fired up because you're. You're a fan, like I, and I get that. You I know the
1: person who knows they're going to be broken up with, and the person, yeah, you know, someone's driving over. Yeah, we know it's going to happen. They're going to break up, or you get that. God forbid, you get that email in your inbox with the 15 minute meeting scheduled. Like, okay, I'm going to work to be fired today, and you think, okay, I know it's going to happen, so I can deal with it. But then when you actually have to talk it out, and you're being broken up with, or you're being fired, you get fired up. Yeah, that, that's me.
0: Yeah, I, I understand that. Like I said, I, I've been there plenty of time. Um, Broken up and fired? Uh, No, with the bills Okay Uh, I've been I've definitely been broken up with More than my share of times Do you want to talk about it? Not really Okay I've never broken up with somebody Really? Yep Is that like a badge of honor? I don't know
1: Maybe I'm too nice yeah, Is that Lance, is that a good thing or a bad thing That he's on the wrong side of the breakup
0: Like every time He is taking the L Okay, so see, there you go so oh so you're so what about you, uh, Casanova over here? I
1: I have never been broken up with. I've only broken up. Oh man, that's two to one. I mean, listen, I mean, you're you,
0: Jerry Jones. It, I mean,
1: <laughs> look, Lance has my wife's phone number. He can make a call. It, it, I it, I might not be able to keep that streak.
0: Yeah, I know how you feel. Um, oh no, I don't actually. Because if anything, my I O kicked my coverage. Um, so. On the flip side of this, actually, let's wait, hold on before we get to the flip side, yeah of this.
1: Packers fans
0: are livid right now, I know they are, but you know what, um this is what I said yesterday to to somebody who is a packer I was talking to my cousin, he's a Packer's fan, and I said to him if if the same thing happened to the Green Bay Packers yesterday where they get run out of the gym in the first quarter or the first half, and they come back and they score some points late, and you're like, oh, well, you know." The Packers should just be happy to be there sure. because they have a young roster and the quarterback, you know, played so well down the stretch and he really, you know, made made his presence known throughout the league. There's some upside here. You cannot say that same thing about the Dallas Cowboys. It's a home playoff game. The exp- all of the pressure to win yesterday was firmly planted on the Dallas Cowboys and not the Green Bay Packers. Who by the way have more playoff wins? The Green Bay Packers have more playoff wins in AT&T Stadium uh, than the Dallas Cowboys. I did see that.
1: Did see that. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> the awkward part is some of those wins did come
0: with a team led by Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Everything but, comes full circle.
1: <laughs> so this is why it's real. And and here's the question. I have to Keep on 100 because I applied this pressure to the Buffalo Bills in terms of this has to be a win now year. And so for similar reasons, the same thing can be said for the Dallas Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb is up for a contract extension Yep, this offseason. Mike Parsons up for a contract extension next off season. Your quarterback, Dak Prescott, whose agent is going to show you the regular season numbers. i going to say I'm second team all pro. And he's going to say, I led this team to three consecutive 12 and five seasons. He, he, your quarterback is going into his last year where he will command, went on the open market, anywhere from 55 to $60 million. Could you trade him? Nope. He's got a no trade clause. Or could you tag him? Nope. He's got it in his contract. You can't franchise tag him. So you have to pay him or lose him. Yeah. Now, you could backload the contract, give you a little bit more financial flexibility uh, uh, in the front end, and maybe you'd be able to keep some of these guys around. I would argue, after watching that, how many of these guys do you worry about losing at this point? But the point is, your quarterback is going to either be more expensive or just not there, and you have to somehow figure out a way to, like, we're not talking about going from the conference championship to the Super Bowl, the divisional round. You lost... In the wild card, sorry, you got blown out in the wild card round. That's the question that the Dallas Cowboys have, and it's a little bit earlier in the quarterback's timeline, but I would say that's the very same question that they're asking at one Don Shula way about what they do with Tua.
0: Yeah, um, I wonder. If they bring in a vet, like if Bill Belichick is the head coach, I think Dak Prescott is the quarterback of this team because Bill's not going in working with a young quarterback. It's not happening. But if they go a different route and say, we're going to kind of reset this thing, maybe a la the Green Bay Packers. We're going to reset this thing. We're going to go with a younger quarterback. We'll maybe use some assets and try and trade up in the drop, whatever the case may be. Or maybe they sign a one-year stopgap quarterback. Maybe it's Kirk Cousins. But this team, within the next two years, needs to draft a quarterback. That is non-negotiable.
1: But here's the question, and the more I think about it, the more I think Belichick is a great fit and he has a good relationship with Jerry Jones. Sometimes you have a good relationship with someone and your friends, but if you were roommates, it would go terrible. And I kind of think that's the way it would be with Belichick and Jones. Not to say it won't happen, but you never know. But here's the question. You talked about the money. Two quarterbacks that you mentioned, Dak Prescott and – Kirk Cousins, who are compared to each other because...
0: They can't it, win in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> it, but they have great regular seasons, yep. and they do not leave a dime in negotiation. They get their money, and then people are like, well, but you you know that the ceiling is relatively low in terms of winning a Super Bowl, but you paid them anyways. Bill Belichick never had an expensive quarterback. Mm-hmm. All of the Tom Brady years, he was taking team-friendly deals to build it around him. I wonder if Bill Belichick would sign off on paying. Essentially, it is about supply and demand. There are only so many, for me, Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay someone that I think we all believe might not be one the same amount as Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, all people who we believe could lead a team to win a Super Bowl. And quite frankly, you're going to pay them 10 times as much as Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud, players who we believe have already surpassed them. Mm-hmm. How do you compete in, in that world? And I think Belichick would be, I'm quite frankly, forget about Bill Belichick, Donovan Bennett, if he was the GM, uh, would be uncomfortable in that scenario because you have to be right at every other position on your roster. And I, I just don't know there's a great example of someone who's, who's been able to do it.
0: Uh, here's a name to look out for, for the, I'm not reporting this by the way. I'm just saying, just think too many things make sense. Um, watch out for Mike Vrabel in Dallas and, uh, and the guy and the player that thought that he was very surprised when Mike, McC- uh, Mike Vrabel was not the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Ooh, Derek Henry, incorrect. uh, for a team that needs a bruising running back, albeit he's a little bit older. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Okay, let's do the Green Bay thing here. Jordan Love, 272, three touchdowns. Romeo Dobbs, Monster Day. Aaron Jones was awesome yesterday. Texas guy just eats up the Cowboys. The defense was good. Here's a question for you. How do we evaluate Jordan Love at this point? Because at the beginning of the season, we were like, yeah, he looks good. Let's see what happens over the course of the season. Then the middle of the season, you're like, oh my goodness. Or just after that, just, no, not great. Jordan Love, a top twelve quarterback. Do I dare say Jordan Love is a top ten quarterback because he looks like a top ten quarterback right now. He's
1: for me, he's right underneath that tier of elite guys. Remember that that little perch that we basically placed everyone who we didn't want to say was the same as Mahomes or like Allen, Justin or
0: Herbert, and- correct?
1: And we we wrongly put Trevor Lawrence in on that perch. Sure did. Jordan Love is is right there. He had answers for everything. First of all, off-platform, multiple angles, blitz, no blitz, never stressed, never bothered. You couldn't tell if they were up 20, down 20, first quarter, fourth quarter. And he never seemed like the moment was too big for him. No. The, the, the Cowboys, the team who had been there before, Prescott, the quarterback who had been there before, big eyes, a little bit stressed. Jordan Love looked like he was playing backyard football. This receiving group, as young as they are, as they continue to grow around him, it's going to be really special uh, to watch. His first playoff game, he's on the road against a two seed. He gives you a perfect passer rating. Mm -hmm. I I think he's already cemented as one of those guys. I I don't know if it's, for me, more impressive than what C.J. Stroud did, but it's, it's close.
0: For me, I look at that game and say they dominated offensively. Like, Dallas didn't have an answer for the run game. They didn't have an answer for the pass game. And they did it with Jaden Reed and Christian Watson, who are their top two receivers based on talent um, and based on performance over the last two years, basically, combined for one catch for nine yards. That, to me, is the most impressive part. Jordan Love made throws yesterday that were Aaron Rodgers-esque, fitting the ball into tight windows. You talk about the off-platform throws. Does he not look... like He looks like he learned a lot from Aaron Rodgers, who looked a lot like a guy that learned a lot from Brett Favre. So for all those people that thought that Aaron Rodgers wasn't helping out Jordan Love, it sure as heck looked like he helped out Jordan Love a lot. And this offense going into San Fran, you'd have to look at them and say, why not? Like, I know they're nine and a half point dogs, but the way the offense is playing right now and the defense is getting those timely turnovers, boy, oh boy, the Packers right now, I'm not saying that they're a team of destiny, but they're not an easy out by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Everyone listening to this who has a Packers friend in their life, which you all do, just go up to them and just throw a drink in their face. Like, (laughs) jerks. What is this like where you never, ever, ever have to experience, forget about, like, bad quarterbacking, average quarterbacking. You had a month this year where he was bad. Other than that, it's like we go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to, I mean, we're not going to put him in Canton after beating Dallas because, you know, there's a lot of people who did that. We're not putting Brock Purdy in Canton, and he beat Dallas in the playoffs. But he looks all the parts of someone who's going to be a perennial pro bowler, a face of that franchise, if not the league. And yeah, it's just like, I hate you, Dan Shulman. All of you, I despise you, Danielle Michaud. All of you Packers fans, it's just, it's it's not fair.
0: So you look at, here's the here's the craziest thing about this is like they have the youngest team in the NFL and they're going to the divisional round after beating a team that was a seven and a half point favorite and they were on the road. This team is playing with house money and teams that are playing with house money that were not supposed to be there are very dangerous because this team doesn't know any better. They don't know any better, right? Some of the guys on defense, yeah, they've been there, but this offense is super young. Don't forget, they're missing one of their... Best, if not their best offensive lineman too. Like this is a, it's a shockingly surprising, uh, a shockingly terrifying football team at this point. Like I don't even know how to describe them other than I don't know that I want to play them right now because, and this is a conversation that we can have about a lot of teams from this weekend thus far. Houston Texans been playing playoff football for basically the entire season. The Cleveland Browns, who got rinsed by the Houston Texans, they were home and cooled for the last two weeks. Dallas Cowboys, home and cooled for the last four weeks. Aside from the number two seed, which they kind of knew they were going to win two weeks ago based on what the Eagles had been doing. The De- the uh, Detroit Lions have been playing playoff football for a while because they wanted that two seed. They played all their guys in week 18. The Rams did not. There's something to be said about having your guys play games. That's why if I'm these teams that have been, like if I'm the Niners and my stars have been resting for basically three weeks, I'm I'm scared at this point. Or at least you should be mildly worried.
1: I think you're scared because the team that came out of that game is more formidable than the team that Detroit's going to have to play no matter who wins tonight between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, the, we've seen it before, whether it was the dog mask Philadelphia Eagles or the Eli Manning New York Giants or the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers, a wild card team that gets hot at this time of year and makes a run to the Super Bowl, and once they get there, they mess around and win it. It is possible. Now, we haven't necessarily seen it in this new playoff format where there's only one team that gets a bye Whatnot. But if there is a team in the field who you think now could potentially go on a run and get there, I don't know how you can discount Green Bay. A lot of people thought it was going to be the Browns because of that defense. They led the league in total defense. They gave up 45. Some people who weren't paying attention thought it might be the Dolphins because of that offense, uh, lead-leaguing offense. They scored seven points. I think it's Green Bay because... Man, defense, special teams, offense wasn't better for the balance of the year, but they were, they were at their best when the year ended.
0: Uh, you want to go Browns, Texans, or you want to go Chiefs and Dolphins before we uh, get to our break?
1: Ooh, let's, go, let's go Chiefs, Dolphins.
0: Okay. Miami's offense goes cold. Pardon the pun. Seven points. And once again on the road, not very good from the Miami Dolphins. Their guys played. The offensive players played. The weather was bad for both teams. And there's no excuses here because it was the same for everyone. Again, which I told everyone, whatever it was, week four when the Dolphins got run out of the gym by the Buffalo Bills, this is fraudulent behavior. And the biggest fraud of all of them is the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. I've said it. In the past, I've said it to you off the air. I've said it to you on the air. I've told everybody that wants to listen to me. Miami Dolphins fans, cover your ears. Tua Tagovailoa is nothing more than a quarterback who has a noodle arm. He's not mobile enough, and he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. Mike, Remember all the conversations Mike? Mike McDaniel? Oh, he's a great spin on the ball. Who cares, Mike? The guy can't win when it matters. This isn't Alabama, which, you know, sure. He won, but he's not winning in the NFL. He's not good enough. He can't get himself out of trouble. Would you see him running around? I know it was cold, but him running around looked like me trying to chase my daughter around the house. It's not a fun watch because she's way more athletic than I am right now. The pass to Tyreek Hill that I pointed out to people on Twitter and I said... For those people that are smart, that are watching this game, will know that that is a poorly thrown ball by Tua. To which somebody said, well, Patrick Mahomes did that. And my response was, did Patrick Mahomes miss a running back that was 12 feet away from him by underthrowing twice in a game? You cannot pay this guy $50 million. The Miami Dolphins will go one more year with Tua. They're going to give him his fifth-year option because it's cheap. And then they will figure it out because this guy is not the answer for the Miami Dolphins.
1: The thoughts and feelings expressed by Matt Marchese are Matt Marchese's alone and don't reflect Donovan Bennett. Except Donovan Bennett doesn't want Dolphins fans in his mentions. Listen, I said I beside, hope
0: that, at Maddie Mar eighty nine get in my mentions and tell me how much you hate me because Tua sucks.
1: I sat beside. Sid Sixera when he went on a rant about the fact that <laughs> Leo Messi was a fraud. And to this day.
0: Well, I mean, I have, that was a little egregious. I mean, the guy's the second best player of all time. I, I don't disagree. I just
1: do not need uh, people <laughs> harassing me. To this day, people still harass me. Like, literally, <laughs> final whistle. And, and people automatically. It's almost like they had the drafts sent to attack me. I was just sitting there. I was filling an in on the show. Bystander. My name's not on the show. I was filling in. and People are mad that I didn't. I don't know. It was like an, it was an innocent bystander. Anyways, so, so went to uh, eventually wins three Super Bowl titles and goes into Canton. I, I do not want
0: playing Madden. He might win three to Super Bowls this
1: whatsoever. I, this is the bigger question, I think, for the Miami Dolphins. I think it's it's twofold. You mentioned them, their ability or inability to beat good teams. 500 or below, and I'm not talking about the temperature, I'm talking about records. This year, they were 10-1, and 1, averaged 35.5 points per game, gave up 17.6 points, and they had a, a positive uh, turnover differential. Uh, teams that were above 500, they were 1-6, scored 16 points per game, gave up 31.8 uh, in a minus-1 turnover differential. The, the, the one team that they beat, Showed to be somewhat fraudulent in the Dallas Cowboys, the question that if you are that staff who went away last year and said, well, we just got to keep Tua healthy, get him to the end of the year. We're going into playoff games with a guy named Skyler as our starting quarterback.
0: And so they put up a better fight against the Bills last year than Tua did against the Chiefs yesterday.
1: Fair. And then they changed the offense, got the ball out of his hand quickly and whatnot, this is a team that's now lost 11 straight games in 40 degrees or colder, which is 40 degrees, not even that cold. Uh, it's, a, it's above
0: a plus here in Canada for those keeping track at home.
1: Tua has not won uh, in a game that is five uh, below or less. Think about if we are going to map out this team winning or getting to a Super Bowl over the next couple of years. Is Kansas City going anywhere? With nope. Patrick Mahomes, is it going to get any warmer? I, don't, I know there's global warming, but is it going to get any warmer uh, in January in Kansas City? Don't think so. The AFC North: Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincy, Cincy, Cincy. cold.
0: Those, those teams aren't going anywhere. Buffalo, not going anywhere. Even throw the Jets in that conversation for next year. Whatever you can, but, I'm but just, sure, throw them in the conversation as someone who crazier. Things have happened.
1: We'll have some halfway decent Super Bowl odds. Unless you happen to match up with maybe Indy in a dome, Houston
0: in a dome, or you get the one seed, you're going to be in these scenarios again. But the other thing is too, is the teams that they're playing want to go there and play in warmer weather in January. Right? Yeah. I don't think, I mean, you'd love to be at home, but it's like, well, I like, I like 20 degrees in January. This team
1: struck me as uh, a team and a play caller and an offense that if you give them six months, they're going to come up with some shifts and some motions that no one ever saw. They're going to put up 70 on Denver. But if you give them six days in against a worthy opponent, they have no answers. No. And, and so I'm saying the same thing, but in a different scenario, as that game wore on, it was like, all right, we, we we tried the stuff that we tried in Germany, and by golly, it's still not working against Kansas City. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. So then all of a sudden we got to start pushing the ball down the field, which, by the way,
0: our quarterback can't do. Yeah. Outside the numbers, he can't do when it's not minus a thousand.
1: And, and you talked about him running when he was running. I was just like, "To please, get down, get out of it, like, please." Just. It was ugly. It's it's when. You see your kid running on, like, some couch cushions. And you're like, hey, wait, I, this z- is dangerous. Z- z- <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, if we remember, is removed from the player that was at Alabama that was more mobile, that the, the game-clinching TD was a big throw. And I don't know if it's the culmination of – serious hip surgery multiple injuries the fact that he put on weight to protect himself but he's not nearly the same explosive athlete throwing or running and it's it's just a tough
0: watch um he should maybe take up another sport not jujitsu this offseason maybe he should learn how to throw the football with a little bit more spin on her. I'm sure that'll make Mike uh Mike McDaniel happy uh somebody one of the Dolphins beat writers pointed out, and I was just like, that is such a bad look. I think it was, I want to say it was Marcel Louis-Jacques from ESPN, covers the Dolphins. And he said, "Uh, smart people will know that the Dolphins are missing seven players on one side of the ball, but we won't point that out. Well, they didn't play, the defense wasn't the problem. No. It was the offense that was the problem. So that falls on deaf ears. I think the defense.
1: They were fine. Everything considered. They were great in the red zone. They held Kansas City, for the most part, out of the end zone. They were given short field so many times because they couldn't move the ball on offense. Bradley Chubb would not have helped the fact that the Dolphins were 1 of 12 on third down, had 264 net yards. A lot of those came after beatdown, a team that averages 401 uh, a league most in net yards, had 76 net rushing yards. They averaged 135 and their coach is supposed to be the run game guy. They had 13 first downs, they averaged 21, and they had seven points. Like The defense had nothing
0: to do with any of that. Uh, we'll do a, a quick thing on the Chiefs here because we can talk about them as the, the week progresses, but should the rest of the AFC be scared of the Kansas City Chiefs? Or And, and was that their best game of the season? I
1: don't know if they should be scared. They still had miscues penalties, still had multiple drops. Travis Kelsey put the ball on the turf three times. If the ball was outside of the numbers, essentially, the eight and the seven on him, uh, and he had to extend at all to catch it, he was putting it on, on the turf. And the, th- the thing about the Chiefs is, you know, for our baseball listeners, they have to hit four singles to score a run. They have to continue to get first down after first down. There's no explosion in their offense. An offense that used to be, when they had Tyreek, known for explosion. Uh, From 2018 to 2021, they had 44 passes over 20 yards that went for TDs. Take a wild guess how many they've had uh, since Uh, 12. Three. (laughs) You mean MVS isn't good enough? I guess not, man. Like they, their ability to flip the field, to get explosive plays, to to not have to be so perfect all the time uh, is 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 not realistic if they're going to potentially go on the road and win in Buffalo and or go on the road and and win against Baltimore. Assuming Baltimore, um, you know, it, it makes it that far.
0: Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll do more Chiefs talk. Uh, throughout the week here um, because well they're going to be playing in a playoff game uh, and the Miami Dolphins are not Uh, when we come back we're going to talk about CJ Stroud record-setting rookie performance in a win over the Cleveland Browns a blowout win Uh, we'll also sneak in some talk here about the Lions what a what a night in Detroit their first playoff win in over 30 years Um, big night in Detroit Red Wings big win Lions big
1: win Water City how,
0: is flying. I wonder how many people were watching that Red Wings game last night, considering the Lions were playing. Uh, we're gonna talk about all that more. Plus, we got two games today uh, that we'll also chat about. Matt Marquez, Donovan Bennett. This is the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. Okay, let's get right into it. I'll just tell you right now, CJ Stroud is a top five quarterback in the NFL. How about that coming back from the break? No disagreement here. I was was looking through and I was like, who would I rather have than CJ Stroud at this point? The one guy that I quibbled with, and he's probably there, is Lamar Jackson. That was the only guy I quibbled with.
1: Wait, wait, what?
0: Like in my top five, if I would take CJ Stroud over him.
1: Lamar Jackson's the only quarterback you'd take over CJ Stroud?
0: No, no, no. The only one that I was like, I'm not – like there was other ones that I – like I'm sure that I have Mahomes in there. I'm sure I have Allen in there. I'm sure I have Burrow in there. I don't have Jay- – I would take CJ Stroud over Jalen Hurts. And I had this conversation um, with uh, – producer extraordinaire Daniele Franceschi and uh, technical operator Lance Kennedy before the show. The one thing that C.J. that Jalen Hurts has over uh, C.J. Stroud is that he is a better athlete. He can get you out of situations a little bit better than C.J. Stroud can. Not that C.J. Stroud can't. But I will say this. Jalen Hurts is never going to and this is crazy to say because he's a rookie. Jalen Hurts is never going to be as good of a passer as C.J. Stroud. Never. And you can make the argument that you cannot win a Super Bowl. You can maybe get close and get there, but can't win with a mobile quarterback that is super athletic and isn't as good of a passer, but is good with their legs. Cam Newton, Michael Vick, uh, Jalen Hurts. You can go down the list. CJ Stiles, he's a better passer because that's what you have to do. So I I will
1: push back on this. Sure. There was a point in time when people thought Dylan Hurts was not a good enough passer to play in the SEC, to uh, play in the NFL, to start in the NFL. And less than a year ago, he was the best player on the field in the Super Bowl, outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He's gotten better every year, except for this year, a year where he was hurt and his team was dysfunctional. So although I grant you that... CJ Stroud today is a better passer than Jalen Hurts. I do believe that his track record shows that he is constantly improving, and I, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment and forget that before he got hurt at the end of the last year, Jalen Hurts was about to be the league MVP a year ago. I, I do have a top five, and Stroud for me is in that top five. I really think there's a, a probably a six that have separated himself from the group, and I'll put Hertz there when healthy. I think the question with Hertz is how long will he be able to be healthy for, and is his running style in the way he's utilized in Philadelphia going to be diminishing returns on what you get from him in the future? That's not an issue with Stroud. At this time last year, people were worried that Stroud wasn't enough of an athlete to be able to transfer onto the NFL level. Obviously, that's not an issue, but listen, Mahomes has the conch. Like he is one on his own tier for me. Allen Burrow, now Stroud and Lamar Jackson to me are all in that
0: upper echelon. And I think Hurts is right behind because of the injury issues. So he becomes the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game, breaks the record for yards and a half with 236 uh, and tied an NFL record f- uh, for a rookie QB with three TDs in the first half. That's because he didn't have to throw the ball in the second half because The Houston Texans absolutely dominated Um, having a guy at quarterback at that age with that talent, with the talent around him, and he's made better. Like he was also missing receivers two and three in that game on Saturday. No tank Dell, as we know, Noah Brown was there and then he got hurt and then he was no longer there. So guys like, you know, and this is not a disrespect to John Mechie because I do think that John Mechie is going to be a really good receiver. But he hasn't had the impact that Tank Dell has, um, even to the extent Noah Brown has, because there was a stretch where Noah Brown was automatic 100 yards for two or three straight games. And then, you know, Xavier Hutchinson and Brevin Jordan catches a long touchdown. To me, um, C.J. Stroud was awesome. But, I mean, Nico Collins was, was great as well. Six catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Um, this is also a team. This is what makes it even more impressive for me with C.J. Stroud. They have no run game. So they, the other teams know that C.J. Stroud has to throw the ball for them to have success, and he just tears them apart. The here's, the, You know what the most shocking stat that I read, and this is where I wish I had seen this before um, we had made our picks, because you did take the Texans. My heart said Texans, my head said Browns. Do you know that the Cleveland Browns gave up the most points per game on the road this season, tied with the Denver Broncos, who gave up a 70 spot on the road. Is that the most shocking stat that you have heard in quite a while, considering how good the Browns had been on defense all year?
1: It is, because they still ended up being the number one total defense. So it is. I mean, listen, that defense trended in the wrong direction towards the end of the year, especially after Miles Garrett got hurt because when he came back, he was never the same. To me, I actually look at this game... And it actually confirms for me that not the Russell Wilson trade, although it is a photo finish, the Deshaun Watson trade for me is the worst trade in the history of football. And it got worse yesterday or this weekend with the Texans beating the Browns. Deshaun Watson in the stadium, not able to play. That win pushed Houston, uh, You know, to the divisional round, but also pushed Cleveland down in terms of the draft stock. That, by the way, goes to Houston. So they beat them, they advance, and they get a better pick coming back from Cleveland. And, oh, uh, what's the list of players, you ask, that they acquired in the Deshaun Watson trade? I don't know. How about defensive end Will Anderson Jr., wide receiver Tank Dell, guard Kenyon Green, linebacker Christian Harris, running back Damian Pierce, wide receiver John Mechie III, D.N. Thomas Booker, safety Brandon Hill, wide receiver Xavier Hutchison, and a 2020 first, 2024 first and a 2024 third round pick. All for Deshaun Watson, who has thrown the same amount of TD passes for the Cleveland Browns as Joe Flacco.
0: That was the, be- the best thing for the rest of the AFC North was the Browns to lose that game and cement Deshaun Watson as the starting quarterback for the Browns team because he didn't play like, that's literally the best thing that's happened. Um, you know, I, I look at this one and I, I, if I'm Baltimore after sitting for three weeks, I don't know that he, I don't know. I want to play the Houston Texans right now. Honestly, I, I, I really don't know that you're, you're that's cheering the for Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're cheering for Pittsburgh for sure. I'm not. I will tell you that for free. Um, you know what? And the defense deserves a lot of credit Two pick sixes in that game. That really (laughs) cemented it. Um, But they did a good job of pressuring Joe Flacco. There were too many times. Like we looked at the Joe Flacco numbers leading up to this game and he was excellent. But for whatever reason, teams were not applying enough pressure because that's just what Houston did. Like just make Joe Flacco move. He's, he's old, make him move, make him look decrepit. And that's what they did. They did a good job. Now, having said all that, If you are a Cleveland Browns fan, you should look at this season as a big win. No question. You got to the playoffs. You had a fantastic record. Your coach did a great job with the fourth string quarterback because Joe Flacco was on the street. Amari Cooper showed some legs. And this offense did really well considering they were missing one of the best pure runners in the NFL in Nick Chubb for almost the entire season. The fact that they got there was great. Do they have to make some changes? Yes, they do. They're going to have to figure out how to make Deshaun Watson work. That's part of the problem. But I think that if you're a Browns fan, you should look at this season as a success.
1: No question. And I think a big part of the lack of consistent offensive playmaking against Houston was Amari Cooper was playing. He wasn't right. Like That was clear. He wasn't yeah. the same player. And Joku made some big plays. But once they decided they were taking him out of the ballgame, they didn't have another card to play. I think the question this offseason, you talk about cementing Deshaun Watson as the starter. Can you do that? Like, I, the money says yes. The money says you have no choice. But the locker room might say, figure out another choice. If you're Amari Cooper or David Njoku, whose careers were revitalized as soon as Deshaun Watson was put on the IR, I, it, how are you saying, okay, we're going back to what? Life used to be
0: yeah I mean I wouldn't want that if I'm one of those two guys David and Joku look like one of the best tight ends in football after Joe Flacco and 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 and, um, Amari Cooper looked like the guy we've seen in Dallas the guy we saw in Oakland with the Raiders Um, yes he was in Oakland relax so I think I think there are some questions. Here's the other question. Like, when you look at those home and road splits for the defense, do you need to have a conversation about Jim Schwartz? Much like you had the conversation about, you're going to have the conversation about Dan Quinn in Dallas. It's, it's relatively the same thing. In one case, you just beat the crap out of teams at home. In Dan Quinn's case, you just beat up on bad offenses. But once you got on the road, that's a totally different Cleveland defense as we learned. Yeah, that... Defense and that
1: team had so many injuries. And the fact that they were decent at all. I struggle with criticizing Jim Schwartz too much. He is going to win assistant coach of the year. There's some rumblings that he could get some head coaching interviews as well. I don't know if I would go that far because part of the terrible years that people remember in Detroit were on his watch. But I I think, by and large, uh, despite the home and road splits, which is just odd, to be honest, I I think he did a pretty good job with that group defensively.
0: Okay, so we can't do justice for the Detroit Lions and that win, so we're going to do that on tomorrow's program because this is not enough time. So let's look at the games today. We already talked about the Bills and the Steelers on the weekend. So are on Friday, so that I'm less concerned about doing. Um... There was no way that they were going to play that game on Sunday. The weather, the weather's still not great there. Um, so this will be interesting.
1: Well, it, it, I
0: mean, it, I think they could have played the game. I think it would have been... No, they couldn't see.
1: I saw the videos. You could not see. <laughs> but I, I think the bigger issue is, because I mean, football really just shuts down for lightning, getting workers, fans to the stadium in, in a way that's safe. But I, I, I actually do want to get one thing from you from that game, though. I think this is advantage Pittsburgh because when they had a stay-at-home advisory over the weekend, those players couldn't go to the facility, couldn't congregate, couldn't get treatment. Pittsburgh never got on a flight to Buffalo. So they were at home, so they could still have walkthrough, have meetings, get treatment. So, you know, this was a lost work day essentially, for the Bills, and one where, where Pittsburgh, for me, gets like an incremental advantage.
0: Yeah, you just, thanks a lot, Donovan. You made me feel really good about this game. I still think the Bills win. They they better win. I'm really not coming to work tomorrow if they. I got. I talked to uh, Ryan Fabro, our boss here, and he was going to text me on Friday saying, "You no, you are coming in regardless of if they <laughs> lose or not." Uh, let's get to this Monday. It's a this, silent protest. You're in, but you just don't say anything. Yeah, I'm just here. I'm I'm like uh, Marcel Marceau. Um This game between the Bucks and the Eagles is fascinating because it's kind of been flip flopping. People like, oh, the Eagles. Oh, blah, blah. Well, AJ Brown's out. And that defense for Philly has not been very good. Here's the thing. Jalen Hurts is banged up with the finger injury. Uh, Baker Mayfield's banged up too. And in this case, it feels like I'm just going with the home team in this one because I I don't know where to lean, and I'll just take the team that has home field advantage. I don't love the pits, the, the Philly offense right now. I don't love their defense. And I don't love the way that they run the ball. And there's one thing that Tampa does really well is they stop the run. And if you're putting Jalen Hurts with a banged-up finger into obvious passing situations, I don't love that. And I can't believe that I'm going to take Baker Mayfield over Jalen Hurts in a playoff game, but here I am. Well,
1: Tampa Bay played them earlier, played them well.
0: They just couldn't do anything on offense in that game, Tampa.
1: Yeah, but they blitzed You know, 22 times. Hurts is the third-worst QB against the Blitz Uh, based off of EPA per drop back. Not a good recipe. Now you have your number one receiver out, A.J. Brown, so you're less scared of the consequence of blitzing. Oh, and by the way, um, quarterback, he hasn't thrown a ball all week. That's not a recipe for success when your quarterback's finger is so hurt that he can't throw until game time, so... I mean, Lance is going to replay this when Philly wins by 40, but I think it's bucks clearly for me. You,
0: uh, it's bucks for me. Um, do I dare ask you who's going to win the bills game?
1: It's gotta be the bills, right? Better be the Bills. I mean, I need a co-host. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Matt had an unfortunate accident of his team was horrible in a playoff game and will not be attending today's show. Uh, he's attending the funeral of the Buffalo bills. Uh, no, they should win tonight. It should be fun. Um, Hopefully not too much fun. I don't like too much fun when my team is playing. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the fan checkdown. Thanks to Lance behind the glass, Donovan across the table. We'll be back tomorrow. Not sure if I will be, but we'll see. Talk to you then.